Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Outside the window today, there are merry children frolicking in the pool. That's Kokomo Beach. There are. That's right. Did I, you see the Cammie, sign? Yeah, she told me that. Cammie converted it into Kokomo Beach. What's funny is she did that hours ago. She literally In moved like all the toys into their little areas and made that sign yeah. and arranged all the towels. In order to prepare for their swimming time. And she wrote on the sign, starts at 1 p.m. Because I told her you were coming at 1. Uh-huh. Or opens at 1 well, p.m. Well, as, as I walked up, Colin was counting down. Yeah. Like every 10 seconds, he'd go, three minutes and 40 seconds till we swim. I should have told him Three they minutes need to- and 30 seconds till we swim. <laughs> I should have had them sing the national anthem before they open, like a theme <laughs> before park. Before they open the pool. Yeah. Cut a ribbon. <laughs> well, what's what's pretty cool about that is the... Uh, is, that she's she's celebrating the anticipation. She's she's making the most. She's preparing. Oh, they're she's not just, always. They're been not a just preparer. running willy nilly into the pool. Yeah, there's a the there's a is, lead up to it. The problem is with a firstborn who likes to prepare things, a Type A personality who's she's also eleven years old, is when things don't quite shape up uh-huh. the way that they should by her standards. <laughs> by her standards, things get rough real quick. Yesterday, the other the other siblings are not always as grateful for well, her preparation. Not just as, siblings, but also other adult like adults. Sometimes yesterday, Aunt Tabby was over, and we had all the kids over at the park and two go karts, so we had to take turns. <laughs> and Cammy had a great idea of what to do with these go karts, and Aunt Tabby wouldn't listen. And so sometimes... So Aunt Tabby had a different idea than Cammy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to work through some really hard feelings. And I said to Cammy, we have no problem listening to your idea and even implementing it. Like if you if you calmly and carefully, like another grown-up, say, this was my idea, but you're patient enough to wait and you can negotiate with the time mm-hmm. frame here a little bit, then you might be able to get what you want. But she was ready to rage quit. I mean, she literally got halfway out the, the <laughs> fence. Like, She's like, I'm going home. I am not going to put up with this. And I said, then that's a great way to guarantee that you do not get your idea put in place. That's so, true. So we that's had that conversation. We actually took a walk. And, uh, and, and she and was not the only one. She was not the only one who needed some work yesterday. I I needed some work yesterday. You did. And uh, j- yeah, I'm, yeah, we do we have to. I I also was keenly aware of my own bad attitude, and this seems to happen in clusters. It's like when I don't sleep well, and I know that I'm grumpy. Everybody else is having a day like that too, and it just always goes like that. Colin didn't sleep well. He heard a mouse in his room, and he legitimately did. It wasn't. There there really is a mouse in his room? Yeah, because Luke and I heard it, too. It was like 5.30 in the morning. I came downstairs, and Luke was on the couch already because he wakes up early. And I said, I'm having a really hard time sleeping. And so he and I are, you know, talking about that. And we heard, like, scratch, 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 scratch. And I was like, what is that? So it it made a scratching sound. It didn't go, ha-ha, oh, boy. No, it didn't do that. 
It didn't. It didn't rev its motorcycle. <laughs> or that's a Beverly Cleary book. For those of you who what else? What what else do mice sometimes do that uh, this one didn't do? It wasn't, to my knowledge, wearing sunglasses and a cane and and you know skittering around blindly with its with its two with its tail cut off. Yeah, siblings, right? Um. Yeah. So so wait, what was I do? Where was I going with this? Oh, everybody was having problems. Everybody had an attitude. Emotionally yesterday. And so everybody coptitude. So that was that was a lot of work on on all of our parts. And that was ultimately my message to everybody when they had their own personal meltdown. It's like, yeah, this is hard. It's hard work. Having feelings. It we had a lesson yesterday. I taught a lighthouse yesterday, and I was uh teaching from first timothy and i was reminded i wasn't intending to talk about this but you told the story about we weren't going to talk about feelings i thought we were going to talk about emotions anyway well we are eventually yeah uh but first timothy 5 says do not rebuke an older man harshly but exhort him as if he were your father treat younger men as brothers older women as mothers younger women as sisters with absolute purity uh and I was talking with the kids at the lighthouse about how, um, first I, ha- I asked them, what does rebuke mean? You know, what does the word rebuke mean? And they, it's, it's always important to ask these questions. They didn't know, did they? No, they, but they, but they had answers, mm-hmm. you know, that were, that were like in the ballpark, but not really. These are like middle and high school kids. Right, middle school and high school kids. Yeah. And uh, some of them were like, like rebuking is is just yelling at mm-hmm. a person, mm-hmm. and and it's like yes, uh, but but not not really. That's not exactly right. A rebuke is basically when you you tell somebody that they have committed a wrong. You you rebuke them, mm-hmm. and so that and Timothy doesn't say don't rebuke an older man. It says don't rebuke him harshly. Um, you are not supposed to be disrespectful, right? But you are to exhort him. And then I asked, "What does exhort mean?" And that one was even more that mystifying. Much right. You have to understand that it's weird the way that we quiz our kids on vocab. Like mm-hmm. I, I am coming to realize that people don't do that with their kids. And well, so, well, no, and that's because and that's why kids don't know how to think. I read because out loud. They, they hear these words and they never even. Most people don't even stop to go. Oh, there's a word I don't know. I wonder right. what that means. They just they just go. Well, I, I don't understand what was said. Well, but they do. If you ask them, they do learn to pick up through context. Because as I do our read alouds in the morning, which by the way, it's two in the after two thirty in the afternoon, and I haven't done read alouds today. Uh, but I read out loud, and I will stop after a sentence that had a big word in it, and just what ask, does that word mean? What do you, What does the word mean? And even Emery Silas, who's four, doesn't usually have very good guesses or any guesses at all. He's mm-hmm. usually like upside down under the table. But he's very chipper about he's it. Very right? happy to very be jolly. singing loudly next to me. And I <laughs> often have to say, hey, you're interrupting. You utterly, utterly detached from what's going on, but yeah. very happy. Has no idea what we're talking about. And his feet are up on top of the table. Uh-huh. But even Emery, who's six, will pick up through context often. And I forget what the word was now. I wish I could remember. Cammie, who's 11, like 90% of the time has already had the word it. from vocab. Oh, like okay. she, she knows it, like not just through context, but also because she's familiar with the word. Um, yeah. And we, we talk about Latin roots sometimes, like if it's a new word and we have to break it down a little bit. Um, but... 
But it's funny because Emery guessed the other day, and it was way wrong, but through the context, you could understand why she would have thought that. So it was a good guess, but if you didn't have the exact sentence I had just read, you would have no idea why she would think that. Why she would say that, (laughs) Because it wasn't really very close at all. Yeah. Well, it's good... It, it's good to, and, and at the lighthouse, I do that every, every lesson, right. every lesson, there's a word or two where I say, all right, what does this mean? And, uh, it, it, you can't really pick up on what the word exhort means from that context right. in first Timothy. You right. have to, you have to kind of do a little extra research, but exhort is a thing. And you were telling about Cammy being frustrated with her aunt. Yeah. Um, but that would have been a time when she could have exhorted Aunt Tabby mm-hmm. to listen to her idea, right. and that would not have been a sin. Right. It would have been, in fact, that's what we're told to do. Right. We're supposed to not rebuke, in this case, older men harshly, not rebuke, and I think we can extra- extrapolate that out to mean other people. Mm-hmm. But you're, because uh, Paul was talking to Timothy. But I think that we can, rather than rebuking people harshly and criticizing them for their wrongdoing harshly, you can exhort them or plead with them to see things from your perspective. Well, and it's also compounded and complicated by the fact that Cammie and all of our kids, really, because this is not their first time ever being talked about or being talked with about their emotions, Mm -hmm. she already had some idea of what I was going to say. But it was still hard to get it all together. So she has this. Because she had a tude. She has this racing mind where she's like, on the one hand, this is unfair. I'm crying now. I don't want to be crying in front of my family. I just want to go home. But then I asked her about that. I said, which part of you wants to go home? Like, how much of you wants to go home versus how much of you still wants to play? To stay here and play with the And go-karts. have this, yeah, have this idea that you, you know, become a reality. This idea you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, is it. Is it the Christ-like part of you that wants to storm off and go home? Or is it the fleshy part? Or is the fleshy cammy part? That wants to go home. And she goes, I don't know. And I say, I think you do. Yes, you do. But it's hard because you're, you've are you got a war going on here inside of your mind. And so all of that comes into play. And it's that's what we were talking about earlier, you and I. Like when you're trying to have this process or help adults go through this process, older men and women, you don't want to rebuke them harshly. But you also have lost see, so much ground with them where you, they're not 11 or 6 or 4. They're, you know, 60. See, I, I knew Carl. I know the peaches well enough to know that I can basically start and say whatever I want to say, and she'll figure out a way to bring it around <laughs> to what we I thought we, we were talk talking about, about emotions. I said that like about. five minutes ago. Well, we were having a conversation before we turned the roadcaster on to record it uh, about how difficult it is for... For people, many, many, many people are not uh, in the. They haven't got an environment where they just talk openly with each other, and that, and that's families, um, let alone, you know, extended fellowships and, and groups like at church or work or things like that. And we were specifically discussing how uh, how people are. Uh, People feel an, an obligation, I guess, is the is one way to put it uh, to to continue to uh, to sin, to continue to continue to do things that they know are wrong, because they don't 
because it doesn't feel good to just say, okay, I made a mistake and it's over. And so now well, we No, what I said was they don't on. necessarily know that it's wrong. Like there are people who genuinely have not processed whether rage quitting is a Christ-like behavior, for example, or they, they butt up against, you know, two things that both seem wrong at the same time. And they genuinely are conflicted because they don't know their Bibles well enough, or they mm-hmm. weren't catechized as children and they didn't, you know, they didn't have robust theology pro- presented to you them. You think there's people that don't know that they, they never have a, I'm processing as we go. Yes. You don't think that there's a people who, who genuinely have a moment where they go, yeah, I probably shouldn't have ran that guy off the road and well, flipped him off. Right. No, no. I'm saying if it's, if it's a case where there's one thing that they did wrong, they can probably admit that it's wrong. But if they're forced to make a decision based on like, now they're trying to do damage control and they, they don't know what to do. For example, um, I remember being presented with the, I remember, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I remember the first time our biology teacher at our Christian school gave us the abortion argument, what about if the mother's life is in danger? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh crap, like I thought I, <laughs> what if she, what if I thought is? I had this all figured out, but like if I'm pro-life, what do you do in that situation? And, right. you know, obviously she didn't mention the statistics about how rare it is and she didn't give any specific examples other than to just present us with this like ethical dilemma and I'm saying there are a lot of people who have never processed these ethical dilemmas. Right. And so they find... Well, it's they a find little bit like ones. the lifeboat thing that yes. they did when we were kids. You only got room for four right. people on the boat, but there's 10 people right. on the sinking so ship. Dies? So who who do you leave on the ship to die? Right. Yeah. Yes. Anything like an ethics class, anything you would maybe tackle in an ethics class, many, many Christians who should have a standard that they can reference. They should have some ability to make those calls. You mm-hmm. know, they should have some discernment through scripture and the Holy Spirit, both. They should be able to make the call, but they can't because they don't have scripture and the Holy Spirit like they should. Right. So. Right. Well, you can't make a, I, it wasn't, I, I didn't figure this out when I was in grade school, but I figured it out later when I was contemplating that lifeboat scenario mm-hmm. and uh before i could make a decision i would have to ask and i did this i'd have to ask do i know any of these people on the boat right and if the end because that's important they're totally random strangers right if they're random strangers that's different the question than if i'm related if one of them is my brother and one of them is my sister well now that's that's easy those two are getting on the boat right well and beyond that like um what do these people believe, you know, because who are they, who are they on the inside matters. And we want to pretend like it doesn't. More so than their skill with finances or tools or science. Doesn't the story usually give you like their careers and their ages and their. Yes. This is a woman and she is a, uh, uh, this is a a Hollywood. There's always a Hollywood actor. There's always a, uh, there's always a scientist. And of course, all of the when you're a kid, you always put the scientist on the boat, right? The scientist on the boat. And the Hollywood actor, you need to tie a stone to their feet and throw them (laughs) overboard immediately. Well, but the sci- <laughs> but that's always what happens. I mean, the scientist is a no-brainer. The right. scientist always goes on the ship because when you're a kid, it's like, well, how are we going to rebuild civilization yeah. <laughs> without science? We can't rebuild civilization. We're going to lose everything. All of the advances we've made in science right. 
are are because, encapsulated in this one human right, being. Because if he you knows the scientists on the boat, he'll <laughs> right. be able to build a plane out of a coconut. That's right. The scientists will solve every problem <laughs> that we have with nature. We're not and, all going to be reduced back to the status of farmers. We're not. We're not going to go back to the Stone Age because we have a scientist on the boat who's going to be able to launch a satellite. Right. He's going to be able to. He'll rub uh, some reeds together. Yeah, and, he's going to. He's going to be able to build an engine. Yep. Um, He's, yep. He understands every aspect of all science. Well, I'm I am just saying that there are a lot of people who were not taught to think in those terms because, because quite frankly, the government education system is designed to to create um, laborers in, in in the industry. Drones. Well, yeah. I Followers. Mean, people who their contribution to the world is amounts to what do they do for society? Like you were just mentioning, like, mm. are you going to be a scientist so that you can contribute technology to society? To mankind. Are you going to be a doctor so you can contribute health so and healing? Help to mankind. Mankind. Are you like, it's, are you going to be an actor so that mankind will applaud well, not, you? And not even mankind movie? though. Like your immediate civilization, like the people in your country, usually you are, you are part of the national machine and, and so your education... And that's part of the problem, isn't it? That we, yeah. think of, we think of our tribe nationally. We don't think about it... We don't think Familiar. of our tribe as being the four people on the boat. Right. That's, that's probably part of it. But, but yeah, the education matters. And so if you haven't been conditioned to think like leaders think... like a, It's actually a leadership question. Who are you going to put on the boat? The first question would really be, why am I the one who's deciding? Why do I have to like, pick? Right. Who, because most of the kids who graduate from public school are not going to be in a position to make that, that call. Well, actually, I think, well, I, I do think, I'm, I may be rewriting history here, but I do think that I, I remember asking or I was involved with somebody who was doing asking. It's like, why can't we roll dice? <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, just roll dice, you know, and, uh, if your number comes up, you get on a boat, and otherwise you don't. And there was, uh, you know, some of the teachers like, well, you can't just roll dice. <laughs> really? She didn't think that was a legitimate. That. I had some friends. That's too random. I had two friends. You could probably name them if I asked you to. Two mm, friends in could. high school who rolled dice to fill out their NCAA bracket. Or they didn't roll dice. They flipped a coin because it's just two choices. Only two? They flipped a coin. I'm surprised you didn't have more than that. Yeah. Two the two who always partnered together to do these sorts of things. I know who it is. And they were they were so giddy. They were like, this is going to be like the ultimate math versus man kind of it's challenge. It's actually not math. It's probability well, versus... probability. Yeah. Like they were trying to figure out, with the help of the math teacher, what the odds were of them doing better than, you know, the sports And did sports the math people. teacher help them? Like the, the athletes like Luke, for example, right. who were very serious about like their predictions right. because right. they knew they had been watching basketball. So how did it work out? They did terribly. <laughs> <laughs> that surprises me, it's actually. It's not random. They gave, there was no waiting done to the coins, which there is seeding done with the teams in That's the NCAA. True. So That's you have true. the first and the 16th. There are some statistics in the like seeding. The best one in the region faces the worst one in the region in the very first round, and they just did whatever the quarter told them to do. So right. like three out of four times, they had the right. number Right, they had the number seed one winning. seed yeah. getting defeated getting by the by yeah. the number 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. They did terribly, but it was still funny to well, watch Well, we, yeah. we did something similar. It wasn't a coin flip. But we let you kids, you remember the year we let each of you kids yeah. take but a you bracket? you explained to us, we were young, but you explained to us what the numbers meant on the side. 
Did and I? So, mm-hmm. And so we, it wasn't random. Like we so made So you choices. guys looked at the seeds and fi- tried to figure it out from that. Yeah. Tried to decide whether we thought, and you even said so, every year you're going to have people who are supposed to lose winning and people who are supposed to win right. losing. So it's not, it's not a decide. guarantee. Yeah. You just have to. You have to guess what yeah. you think is going to happen. Yeah. And I, do you remember how we did that year? We won ice cream. We did. Yeah. <laughs> because you guys, you guys either won it or we were in second place, but yeah. we, but we got money. Well, because I think we got all four of the final four. Yes. Which never happens. Yes. We got all four of the final four. Yeah. All um, four final four picks, including they weren't all number one seats. Like we, no, we picked the correct no. upset. Your mother and I took a bracket or, or took one of the regions, and then each of you kids had a region. And you and we didn't help you. You filled them all out yourself. And right, the Brandon family picked all four of the final four. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so much fun because I would go to work and like everybody, everybody in the office was participating in this thing, and they were like, some of them were like really, really you know upset they were annoyed and it's like how did you do this i said i just gave my kids and they go no you didn't i said i swear i did i just the kids picked it <laughs> like, this is stupid yep we won like 12 bucks or something like that 15 dollars yeah got ice 15 cream. or 20 bucks and so yep. we got ice cream yep i remember but anyway i don't know how we got so there. gambling pays that oh i know how because that's how some people choose their their ethical questioning like they answer ethical questions with a coin flip that was how we got there because right. instead of reasoning instead of going you know this is what the word of the lord tells me or this is what you know makes sense based on what i know about god and about nature and about um about human beings and and the way that human relationships work like they don't reason through it they don't make a, a choice based on um, discernment, wisdom, and discernment. They just make a choice based on essentially a coin flip. They're very impulsive, very reactive, and it leads to some really funny, like funny, I guess, in air quotes, also kind of tragic, like decisions, like like a girl, um, like a girl getting pregnant, for example, hypothetically, a girl gets pregnant and hides the pregnancy all nine months, <laughs> and then calls uh-huh. a member of her family from the hospital after being in the hospital for two days, having just given birth and says, can you come pick me up? I need you to bring me a car seat. Right. They won't let me leave without one. And it's like, wait, what? Why what? won't they Why let you can't leave you the hospital leave without, without a car seat? Well, I just had a baby. I got this baby here that I just gave birth. You got to wait a what? Yep. Like a human baby. Yep. And it's like, how do you get into a situation like this? Like, I know that, that girls get pregnant out of wedlock sometimes, but then sometimes to be do. so conflicted with how do I handle this, that you just make it worse and worse and worse with every single day that passes. No right. prenatal treatment for the baby or the mother, you know, no car seat, no crib, no, no baby clothes. There was nothing ready for this child because right. ethically she's going, what do I do? I'm going to get in trouble. I don't want people to know. I don't want people to get mad. But, but also I'm not going to have an abortion because I, I at least know enough about know that's that not to right know it's either. wrong. Right. So what do I do? And it's like, wow, like we're so incapacitated because people just literally don't know what to do. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They do not know what to do. I had a conversation with a guy recently who is uh well, the conversation started because i brought up that we know a lot of people who are in crisis mm-hmm. we know we know a lot of christian people who families just not doing well right and then he volunteered he said you know i'm not 
we're, we're not getting along with my uh, son. One of my sons has uh, been through a divorce and, uh, you know, he divorced his first wife and now he's got this other girl that he's picking up with mm-hmm. and they're living together and uh, and they were having problems. And so they they had like a, he was telling me that they were fighting and she was trying to, you know, manipulate him and all this sort of stuff. And so he kicked her out. But then they got back together again. And now they're living in Florida together. And um, so it's it's been a strain. This, this guy, this father is telling me, it just makes me mad, you know, right. because I, I want to, I, I want to shake him, right. you know, and I want to tell him, this is what, what are you doing here? Right. But he, he won't listen to me and he, and he takes any sort of, any sort of criticism is, you know, me not, not loving, not caring right. about him and, right. and, and hoping that he fails and all of that sort of stuff. Yep. And uh, he, he was, he said, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's the master of his own house. I mean, it's mm-hmm. his, his, his house. He's a grown up now. He can do, oh, and as long, and that's where the grown up, that's where the matriarchs and the patriarchs go wrong. Right. And that's what I said. That's their conflict uh, he, or their I, ethical I, he dilemma. He said, you know, he, he, as long as he's under my roof, he has to do what I say. But once he's out on his own, you know, I can't say anything. And I said, I'm going to respectfully disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have told my children, uh, my, that my, particularly my son's in-law. I mean, they're called sons-in-law. So they're my kids too. Just because they happen to marry into the family doesn't mean that I have no jurisdiction over them, you know? And, and there, is a, there is a point where, yes, you have established your house. You are, you are married to one of my children, but you're both still my children now it's not like it's not like i have lost a child well, I've, and, I've gained another one and when it comes to government that there's overlap like mm-hmm. there's overlap in the authority and so yes um yes luke is the head of this household here correct in mckinney land but like the truth and and god is above all of that and right. so anytime that that luke is in violation of the laws of god it is actually the duty of the church, you know, and right. and the rest of our family. Are the hierarchy of the family to, to step in and say, hey, and say, you are you are harming. You are accountable to us. You are harming still. our tribe. Yes, as, it hurts all of us, including yourself. Right. Like you're, nobody is hurt as much as mother and child when the pregnancy is hidden for nine months. You Correct. Know? And, and uh, uh, hypothetical number two, <clears throat> there's infidelity. Um, husband cheats on wife. Now husband is conflicted because husband doesn't know what to do when he's got his mistress crying over here in the corner and he led her astray. He was he said some things in the throes of passion like I will take care of you. You will never I, have to worry. You will never have to worry. But I will he's be here for you. Married, legally, spiritually right. married. So in order to make a vow to the first woman, he has to the second woman, he has to break his vow to the right. first one. And to actually be struggling with that decision, to literally go, I want to do what's right, but I do not know what it is. Right. That's where people are these days. Right. I think they really are wanting, what I told you is I think they're wanting to be told what to do. Well, they're in a catch-22 because it's like, there, I, there must be some way to do something that's right here, but I can't imagine what it is. And it's like, that's because you're not, uh, that's because you're not wise. Like you said, you haven't, you haven't read the scripture. Yeah. You haven't, uh, the, the, the simple solution is 
you just acknowledge that the affair was a mistake, that right. you were wrong, it was sinful, it was a violation right. of, of your promise that you made. Right. And then you end it. Right. And you tell the other woman, hey, it's over. Right. And she goes, but I thought you said it. And it's like, right, I, I, I lied. Well, I, I was deceitful. I was dishonest. I was wrong. They're struggling because their whole ethical plan amounts to WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? And then well, they Jesus go Jesus wouldn't do, sleep right, with another woman. Right, that's my point. Then they're struggling. They're stuck because they're like, well, Jesus wouldn't have gotten pregnant out of wedlock and Jesus wouldn't have slept right. with another woman. So they feel like they're in no man's land. They're like, there is no territory here. There's no... Jesus there's, never made promises that he didn't keep. Right. And But I'm saying... They, when the question is now what, they have no reference point. They have no anchor and no foundation from which they can answer that question. Well, because they've been living their entire lives based on what feels good in the moment. Right. If it feels noble, and I mean, everybody, everybody likes Robin Hood. You know, everybody likes yeah. to think about Robin Hood. Oh, is it great? He robs the rich, gives to the poor. But very few people actually dig into what's really going on in right. the legend of Robin Hood. You know, it's like, well, there comes a time when sometimes sometimes criminal activity is the right thing to do. Is that true? Well, but here's is, the thing, is though. Is that true? Robin Hood didn't just steal from the rich. Robin Hood stole from the government because the government was stealing from the people in heavy taxes. It's not actually about lower class versus the wealthy class. It's not... Not poor people versus rich people. It's it's all of the non politicians yep. versus it's the citizens versus their the representatives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which changes everything. Well, and maybe I should maybe too, I shouldn't have brought Robin Hood into it, but but the point I was trying to make in my well, ham-handed, misguided what way. What we just did was we thought much more deeply about things than the average. Is that person. there is yeah. there <laughs> is a right way to behave, and after you have done the wrong thing after you have behaved wrongly it there you can't then take that wrong behavior and and figure out a way to massage it right and make it right you can't that's that's the dilemma that most people or that your hypothetical husband is facing it's like okay i had an affair um so let's just let's, let's just water it? under the bridge so right. now how can i behave so that both my affair and Marriage. And and the, the marriage, which is now dissolved, both of those things can be made right. Yeah. And they can't. They can't. They cannot exist at the same time. Yep. But it's it's funny because, and again, funny in a tragic kind of way. It's funny because the things that trip people up when they don't have that foundation just get more and more bizarre. Like mm-hmm. you find people really struggling with these like, what ifs, what should I do? It's what like, should I do? It's like... Coming to, I guess, coming to Solomon and saying, hey, whose baby is this? Like, it's kind of like one of those. How, help me figure out it's fighting over a baby. And if you step back for a second, you're like, wait a minute. What is going on? <laughs> what are we like, doing? What are we doing? How, how can we need this much help making these, you know, decisions? But it's like you said, it's lack of wisdom. People don't have... Um, People don't have the discernment. Well, that in that case, though, there was somebody was being dishonest. Right. One of the, one of the women was being dishonest, and right. so and so your point would be, for, stop lying for this dishonest. <laughs> yeah, this dishonest woman needs to stop. Yeah, stop lying and yeah. and and not make it. And so, if she had been given the child, yeah, which she wasn't, but had she been given the child, then she would have, uh, she would have had the dilemma. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm trying to. Imagine. Anyway, I can't. I, I don't want to think that <laughs> no, hard no, about no, it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. That hard about it. I'm just saying, like we people, life is hard no matter what. And this is what Luke was saying this morning in, in our Telegram group. Your theologian of a husband. Yeah, he's been on a kick lately where he's he, sending us all kinds of screenshots and memes and things. I like it. I like yeah. his, I, and I like most of his commentary too. I think yeah. he's pretty, he's pretty thoughtful. He has grown a lot in the last mm-hmm. couple of years where he's suddenly, like he went from, I don't really think it's our business. Like I don't see the, the, profitability of getting involved in the stuff right, to I don't suddenly want to like fight with people this is our mission like we need to be aware of what's happening in our culture yeah, so that we can impact it he's literally done a 180 on yeah. that front and now he feels that it is his duty to yeah. confront the uh lies. injustice and the lies yeah, yeah. To, to speak truth to error um yep. but but he was saying this morning that um that he thinks that you know, life is hard and like he says life is hard enough with Jesus, but you know, these people make it even worse because they're seeking their answers in some other place. And I said, I right, think it's politics. hardest for people who think they've already found Jesus because the, the people, both hypotheticals, we're talking about professing Christians. We're talking about people who go to church at least and would probably say that they love Jesus, but the way that they're acting is different. Um, and he shared a screenshot of this couple that are apparently professing Christians. I don't even know who they are, but it was I know a couple of people who were like, "Listen, it was just a joke, guys." And we they're swearing. We effing can't get tired of how much stigma there is around mental health because we both struggle with our mental health. Right? These, like, are, these are Christian people, yeah, who are effing tired, tired of, of the stigmatization of mental of health. Mental health. And he and like what Luke's point was. They're obviously hurting. Like these, they're obviously suffering. Yeah, no question. It's, it's a really hard life. And I said, yeah, I think it's the worst when you think you're on the path, that narrow path to righteousness, and you you use the banner of Jesus, but it turns out that your actual your actual decision making is has nothing to do with him. Right. And he was saying like somewhere else on their wall that they post about their therapy, and it's all about like self-care and mm-hmm. hypno hypnotization Hypno- hypnosis and hypnotization hypnosis i guess hypnotization is that what you said hypnotizationalism <laughs> hypnotizationalization <laughs> uh, uh, well they have, yeah they they are uh, looking to political leaders is what luke said people yeah. people wait around and wait for the politics to to come uh, but the false religion well, they want the politicians I, to pay Billions of government dollars, billions of taxpayer dollars. I don't know. Therapy. It's hard to say if it's going to be harder, but I I think your point is that they, it it would be, you'd feel like the whole world turned upside down if you've been told, you raised in a church to believe that, hey, once you follow Jesus, you know, life, life smooths out and things, and things are okay. And you won't have the same problems that you had you know, while you were fighting, while you were rebelling against God, and you come to Jesus, you become part of the of the Good Shepherd's flock. And then, when you go astray, He will leave the ninety nine and come after you. And so, life uh, is supposed to be you better. Know, you know, what we're watching. I told you we're watching in chunks with the kids. The uh, Pilgrim's week. Progress. Yeah, Pilgrim's Progress. Man, I did not appreciate that when I was a kid. Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> yeah, good old John Bunyan. I read it as a kid. I, it was probably a, a abridged version, I would guess, for children specifically. Well, it's pretty weighty. It's big. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I understood the, the premise. The allegory. I was like, 
okay, this just seems like not so much a story, but just like a really badly uh, disguised sermon. Like that's it, basically what, that's it, what is. it is. It's just a sermon. Yeah. But yeah, now that I'm an adult, it's like, uh, I just, <laughs> I'm watching my kids watch it and I'm like, they're getting it, but they're not getting they're it. They're not though. getting it. Like it's the not, way I'm getting it's it. It's not hitting him right in the chest. Right. Like as he's climbing the, he he's at the crossroads between patience path and uh, passion pass. Yeah. I think is the two. They're, they're all P's. I know that. Yeah. And patience path is like rocky and, you know, dark. And then there's skinny passion and it's uphill and it's it's like all flowers and things like that. And, and he had just been told that, you know, patience is the way and that passion told to stay on the path. Well, he was multiple times. He was given a vision of two babies and there's a baby that's screaming and crying and he's passion. And then there's a baby called patience. Who's actually content. Right. It's contentment. And so he had that in his head already when he makes the decision. But doggone it. Well, no, he did. In this case, he actually took patient's path. And I so I asked the kids before he chose. I was like, you know, which one is he supposed to take? And they're all like, patience. And I said, does it look like the right way? And like Silas was like, no, he should go that way. Like <laughs> Silas like, <laughs> it looks scary. Flowers for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, he's four. So he was all about like, don't go the dark way. Because mm-hmm. Everything he's ever seen, it's like darkness is the wrong way. Right. Like follow where the light is. Um, but as he's climbing this hill, his burden starts his to burden fall falls off. off. Yeah. And I'm just like watching the kids, like watching watching the kids Are watch. Are you kids seeing movie, what's going on? And they're just like they're tracking, sort of, but I'm like, no, it they're not they don't get it yet. Right. I'm hoping his someday. His burden's been getting slowly heavier and yep. bigger as he goes along and then yep. he goes up patient's path and it falls off. Yep, and it's well done too. It it's the guy who's Gimli in the Lord of the Rings who narrates. Uh John Rice Davies. Yes. And is it Rice or Reese? Reese, maybe. I don't I know. I don't know. But uh but it's also like produced by this woman who's got and her husband, but she's got this really sweet Irish accent. Irish, uh, Irish I love the Irish accent. I think it might be Scottish, I but I'm pretty sure it's Irish. I love the Irish accent. And so... I love the cereal, too. And she's like a musician, too. And so that whole scene, like, it, there's no um, dialogue. It's just she's singing and playing Be Thou My Vision the whole time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's Yeah, so I, watched, I watched it a couple weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We're not done yet. It's quite good. We haven't finished. Uh, I didn't even know it existed. I was like, what is this? It's on YouTube. You can see it for free. Is it YouTube? Pretty sure. Is that what I'm watching it on? That might be. I thought it's it was not on Amazon Prime, is it? Uh, we have Prime and we have Hulu, so it could be either of those. I don't know. But anyway, we're off track. But boy, we're off the path. Uh, we have wandered into the. We have wandered into passion. Oh, that's the other one too. Very despair, and he's in despair in the gate in the cage, and the giants are trying to get him to kill himself, mm-hmm. and. The kids are like, "Why would he do that?" And I was like, "Because he hasn't eaten for three for six days." And and they're just like, "They're taking it all in, Dad. They're taking it all in, but right. none of it actually makes any sense to them." We'll yet. see. Well, you know, <laughs> that's how this how it works, right? Yeah. You just you're just given the information, you're given the the images, mm-hmm. and they'll stick in there, and yep. uh, and then the Holy Spirit will click it all together in His good time. <sighs> And then your children will be better equipped 
to make decisions when it comes time to right. cheat on their wives. Right. Well, that's why I brought it up. Because when it comes time to kick their family to the curb and follow some passion, they'll go, wait a It's a different kind a of second. hard. Like, it's a different kind of difficulty. The pilgrim's progress is a different sort of struggle from the self-inflicted struggle. Like, everybody who's back at the starting point, everybody who's still in the, the uh, what is the name of the first city? Now I can't remember. He's going to the celestial city, but everybody who's stuck in the very first step is self-inflicted wounds. They're suffering from their own selfishness and and fear and fear. Though eventually, as you move forward, it's more external opposition, and it's a different kind of hard. And so, I don't have a problem with telling people that life with Jesus is better. I don't have a problem with telling them, "Oh, he le- he lightens your load and and frees you from." that burden right. it frees you from the burden from the self-inflicted yeah burdens. from the stuff that you've loaded on your own shoulders but you got to be prepared because then he puts on his full armor and you know he's actually doing battle with I demons go to war, and stuff. right and the demons are swooping yeah. down my and- my kids were thrown for a loop when he marches through that he knocks and the doors open to him but then he walks like six feet and he has to go out the other side and keep going he's like i thought my journey was done right. he goes oh no oh it's, no it's you're just just starting you just got to the mountain yeah but but people don't even know how to decide between passion and and patience yet like we're that far back we're that they're still going uh, yeah oh, in fact I would, that way. I would say it's even a little worse i think people are are leaning towards passion yeah i mean the culture encourages us to follow our heart well it's to, flowery to trust our <laughs> trust our feelings and the culture's telling us we're all basically good uh, you know that we're not we're not we're not broken we're certainly not sinful we're just good people and and lean into that trust that goodness Climbing trust that in, uphill is hard trust and that dark. internal goodness and god wants me to be happy yes he does he desperately wants me and to also, be happy and also faithful gets martyred spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> the faithful one doesn't even make it faithful. well he makes it but yeah but not not the way he was not hoping not the way we're used to yeah not the way we're used to so I, I think that we, uh, I think we're in agreement. Yeah. For well, we are. But there's a whole lot of people out there who need somebody to tell them what to do. They need somebody to threaten to cut their baby in half and mm-hmm. wisely mm-hmm. help them see what's difficult. That's a conversation I had with the guys at Bible study um, a few weeks ago that Christian church, that leadership in the church, and I was basically accusing them, uh, mm. accusing myself the same thing. I'm just as guilty of of not be of, of being afraid to tell people, yeah, you should go to church. Mm. Yeah, you should you should stop drinking. You should quit smoking. Mm-hmm. You should um, you should eat better. You know, you should get more sleep. Whatever it is, mm. we, we're just afraid to tell people how to live their lives. Yeah, but that's what they want. It's bossy and it's arrogant. Yeah. And, it's presumptuous that you know better than they do. Right. Uh, but, but I do think that most people are... Here's something I saw uh, either this morning or last night. I was scrolling on YouTube, which I don't even do that often, but I happened to come across a Jordan Peterson video. Oh, I know why. Our friend oh, Jasmine is it, is it the one about... It. Is it the one to the Christian To the Christian churches? church. Wasn't that good? It was pretty good. I Honestly, I don't even think it was my favorite Jordan Peterson video yet. 
It's not my favorite Jordan Peterson video because he uses a lot of really big words and it's complicated. No, it's I not, like it when he talks. It's simpler. not my favorite because he is still not a professing Christian. That's himself. the other problem. <laughs> I will like it much more it's when like, he comes. It would have straight. a little more power if he was actually a Christian yeah. himself. He needs to go yeah. with a full Monty or whatever they call it. Right. What do they call it? Anyway. Because right now he's kind of in this awkward position where he's saying to the Christian churches, you guys have got the answers. And it's like, well, if we have the answers, why Jordan, why aren't us, you Jordan. one of us? Um, yeah. But what was I going to say? Oh, the, in the comments. I just happened to glance down at the comments, and there's a bunch of people in there who are like, I'm an atheist, but I still really appreciate this message and stuff. One one girl, though, said, I, I quit going to church a long time ago. I get really upset. You know, I don't like religion or I, I don't think that I like religion but it's videos like this that remind me that I have to keep trying I have to keep trying to go back to church because I've seen how much society needs how sick society is without religion mm-hmm. that's what she said well good for her I've seen how sick society gets without religion I I respect that kind of right. honesty right and I think a, a lot. lot of people are there I think a lot of people are like well I'm looking around and I things don't are not like okay. religion yeah. I don't like I don't like all of the all of the stuff that religion represents but I see how awful it is without yeah. religion like things are not okay we're going in a bad direction it's a very simplistic and foolish mind that says we just need to eliminate religion we just need to get rid of religion and society will flourish that's that's not a smart person so that's encouraging like i let that encourage you as it encouraged me i think a lot of people see the problem there are a lot of parents storming a lot of school board meetings because they see the problem i do not think that they're going about it in the right way no they're not but I think that at least but they're at least going, testifying that things are out of kilter. Right. And that's what I, that's the other thing I said to you before, too, that I can work with somebody who's been humbled by their burden. Like when they hit the bottom and they're like, oh, oh, no, I cheated on we've my had, wife. Or we've, had, I, we've had that happen twice this week. Yeah. We've had people that we're close to who have who have admitted I am at rock bottom, like in a really hard to hard to accomplish kind of way. Like a right. lot of people are tempted to say, I'm not perfect, but you know, and that's not the kind of apology or confession I'm talking about. An actual right. heartfelt what confession. They did. Yeah. What they said was I'm wrong as wrong could be and I'm broken and I am, I'm empty yep. and I'm hollowed out. Things and- are bad and it's, and oh, and the reason I'm here is because I was putting things before God and, you know, yeah. walking away from what I know to be true and just stuff like that. It's like, right. Wow. And that's so yeah. encouraging. Yes. I'm, so, I'm sorry that you're hollowed out, but it is it is something to be celebrated when somebody realizes that they have wandered from God and now they are going to come. When the prodigal decides to go home, right. then it's time to kill the fatted calf, right? Right, right. And we don't see that very often, I don't think. I think we see a lot of people who are giving half-hearted confessions because they want to keep their ministry job. They're like you know, in leadership somewhere and they want to keep, stay on the payroll. Um, or, right. Well, and, and the things that they confess, like we haven't, we haven't listened enough to the LGBT community. We have marginalized yeah. <laughs> them and we want to apologize for not hearing your heart. And it's like, yeah, that's not a yeah. confession. Yep. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Oh man. Tell people what to do this week, Carl. If you know what to do, do not hesitate to tell people. Don't hide. Hide your light under a bushel? No. 
Read your read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. Ask God for wisdom. You can't go wrong. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.